Welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hello and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. Here we are in early September and many acres across the Corn Belt are approaching half to two-thirds milk line. So it's silage chopping time. Today, we're going to introduce the Master's Choice brand to the Rob Seco family and also talk a little bit about what makes great quality silage. So I'm going to welcome today Scott Harris, the Master's Choice brand manager. Welcome, Scott. Hey, Jim. How are you, sir? Doing very well. So, Scott, could you just introduce yourself real quick? Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and who you are. Absolutely. So as you said, my name is Scott Harris. I'm the brand manager for Master's Choice. Uh, Master's Choice is new into the Rob Seco family. I believe you're going to get into that a little bit more, but Master's Choice as a company has been around for, for quite a while now. It got its start officially kind of before the ownership that was recently just uh, just bought from. It was uh, They took over ownership in 2005, but before that, it had been a seed company since the 70s. And um, But really in the past 15 years, developed a very niche market in the dairy industry, animal livestock industry, because of the type of hybrids that we grow that are a little bit special. And so I have been a part of that master's choice team uh, since 2011, and had spent about nine years with the company almost. Um, I left for about a year and a half and then was approached to come back into the fold as uh, the transition occurred with master's choice recently. And so my role here is to manage everything with the brand. Just the, the title actually makes sense, right? <laughs> and so um, anything to do with the Master Choice brand, it, it falls on me. And, and so that's everything from helping with the product portfolio all the way to distribution and everything in between. So Absolutely. That's a little bit about, about my background as far as in ag and with Master Choice. Yeah. So we're really excited to have Scott on board. He's he's going to do a great job with Master's Choice brand. He's extremely knowledgeable and and talented. So Scott, you mentioned just a little bit, but tell us about Master's Choice. What is the brand promise? What is Master's Choice? So Master's Choice, the best way to describe it is an animal livestock focused company. Truly end of the day, we want to make the best quality silage and grain, whether that be high moisture corn or dry grain, we want to make it the best that we can with everything being focused on the animal producing farmer. And so we, we not only want to make a product that keeps them in mind, but puts them first. And that is a very different trend than what you're seeing in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how that trend differs from the industry. I mean, you know, what, what is it that the industry as a whole generally does versus what Master's Choice does? So if you're looking, if you were going to take a look at the industry, Jim, and, and I, you know, I'll include a little bit, you know, with probably what you're looking at from more of a Rob Seco side, your mm-hmm. main emphasis is going to be, is going to be yield. It's going to be test weight. Uh, it's a diff, completely different type of material than what we are generally trying to look at from master's choice. We are actually going to, not that we necessarily, that sometimes you won't have hybrids of ours that have a higher test weight, but that's more by uh, characteristic of that year than it is necessary, the genetic capability. So it really begins and starts with genetics. We want to look, we're looking for something different. We're not looking for more of that hard, vitreous, slinty material. We're actually looking for more of a flowery grain, um, which is going to digest better. And there's a lot of, a lot of background to that, but we probably won't dig off into. But at the end of the day, it's a softer, higher starch grain with good digestibility. 
And then on the plant side, we're looking for lower lignin in the plant to make it more digestible as well. Absolutely. And you know, that generally differs from what most of the industry, as far as grain hybrids go, because you know, if, as you're looking at high test weight grain, that high test weight grain is more harvestable with less harvest loss in terms of damage. Uh, every time you move that grain around, you do get some jam- damage, and that tends to be lower with high test weight grain. Uh, therefore, it's easier to transport via rail, via ship, whatever else it might be. Whereas, you know, in the animal, high test weight grain is just much more difficult to digest, and it passes through the animal on the back end. Now, good standing hybrids, obviously, if you're after a, a hybrid with great standability because you need that grain to dry down in the field down to 15% moisture, that means those hybrids have to have a higher lignin content and therefore are less digestible. And oftentimes shorter to help reduce the amount of leverage against the plant with late winds. So again, another thing that reduces digestibility. So the master's choice promise and the hybrid selection is all around the high quality feed, forage, you know, everything that that goes through the animal because you don't have to go uh, transport that grain for other uses. Yeah, absolutely. You're exactly right. And, you know, you think about it from a, it's kind of interesting because when you think about from the majority of genetics that are coming into the, the industry are are pushing toward grain, Mm -hmm. Uh, but yet 40% of the corn grown in the United States ends up where? In animals. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of interesting that, that the, as, a, as a rule, general rule, and as a big push, the, the animal farmer kind of gets the short end of the stick a little bit. And so that's where we kind of come in to be able to actually focus on that side of the business. And, the, you know, the challenge behind that is, is it's, it's expensive. You're not just looking at it's not just as simple as a grain and yield high, you know, yield trial. There's a silage aspect to it and a quality aspect that is substantially much more to test. Mm-hmm. And so it begins and in, it begins with yield. Don't, don't miss that and misunderstand that. It begins with yield and agronomy. It has to be able to stand. It doesn't matter how good a quality is if you don't have any of it. Yep. Right. And so it begins there, but really once you get into stages, later stages, three and four of hybrid development is when we really have to start differentiating and making sure it can stand the test from a quality standpoint. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, as we talk through silage quality, what, what are some of the aspects, both in, in hybrid selection, we've talked about a few of them right now, uh, but also in the management of the crop itself in order to maximize that quality for feed or for silage? Yeah, so the, the first and foremost, I mean, the hybrid selection um, matters so, so much because, I mean, here's the thing about it, and I'm sure that, you know, I know you're going to, your audience is going to primarily be grain farmers, and they may be screaming at me saying, well, you know, it matters to us too, as far as uh, what the, picking the right hybrid. And I completely agree. Um, one of the challenges that you face on the animal side is you have two cycles that you're affected by. So not only am I, I have to make sure I have enough feed, so my, my yield has to be there, but if I, if I miss on a hybrid and select a, the wrong hybrid or get the wrong hybrid into the mix, I'm not only maybe not get what I needed yield wise, but now if I don't, if the quality is also not there, I have two aspects of my business that are affected um, because, you know, you're talking about a drop in milk, you're talking about a drop in components. So there's a, there's a little bit of risk there. So the main, some of the main things that kind of set master choice apart is we actually ironically breed for lower population. And you think what kind of a seed company wants to sell less corn? 
<laughs> we actually do. We we believe in a lower population, you know, 28 instead of 34,000. Let's give that plant the ability to do what it naturally wants to do. If we, you know, if we, Now, that's not going to work in what's being bred today for more of a determinate situation, right? You want to mm -hmm. stack them in there as much as possible. We want to be a breed for and plant for flex. We want to manage for flex, give the plant all the way from the root up to the very top of the plant, the ability to express itself and grow. And so we're not only talking about ear growth, we're talking about plant growth and plant height and to give that plant the ability to do everything that it's capable of. Exactly. So, you know, as you think about that, the, the reason you want that plant to flex, you know, both from an ear perspective as well as a plant perspective is, you know, if we look at it first from silage, you know, the, you allow the plant to flex itself. It, it creates a larger diameter stock, which reduces the ratio of digestible fiber to the non-digestible lignin. And then from the ear perspective, you know, if you look at, if you look at a kernel of corn, you know, the embryo in that corn, that's going to be, uh, you know, tend to have a higher protein content, but really the starch is where most of the gains come from. And so allowing that kernel to flex as well on the ear uh, allows for a much more digestible grain, more energy per bushel uh, and things of that sort. Yeah, the undigestible nature of, of a plant, every plant's going to have some form of it that is not digestible to the animal. But if we can limit that as much as possible, we can maximize the energy production. Mm -hmm. And so really at the end of the day, if we want to be more efficient, we've got to get the most that we can get out of every single acre from an energy and nutrient dense standpoint um, is what's going to really move the needle when it comes to animal production, whether you're talking milk or beef or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, maximizing energy per acre. Now, you know, there, there's going to be more that goes into harvesting that, that high quality product, you know, end product uh, as we go through the year. Can you tell us a little bit about what the, some of those other aspects might be? You know, there are timing aspects and, and things yeah, of that absolutely. sort. Mm -hmm. So you ask most nutritionists, if you would, you know, the old joke is if you get uh, 10 nutritionists in a room, you get 12 opinions. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you ask him about any part of a feed test and you might get different thoughts on how one component might affect more than another. But one thing you will get every nutritionist to agree upon is that if you dry, if you take your silage too dry, you have severely damaged the quality of that silage. And so making sure you're getting in at that two third milk line, 65, 67, maybe up to 70% moisture is so important. Um, because it, you know, it genetic, it begins with genetics. We've talked about that, right? It begins with genetics, but if you don't take care and manage your silage properly, um, it's not going to really matter how good a genetics you put out there. Um, so it's, it's so important to make sure you're getting that packed in tight, uh, making sure you're getting a nice uniform pack, uh, let, minimizing oxygen. So you don't have spoilage, you don't have waste, you don't have loss, you know? They say, they estimate that a, a, a silage bunker uh, not properly packed, you can lose, uh, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20% to in shrinkage. They're mm -hmm. just gone. Um, that you've harvested. That's an awful lot of money and that's an awful lot of time and effort that you've lost um, because you didn't properly put it in the pit correctly and make sure that you had it packed in there correctly. Um, so it's important that you that you know what you know how that works and how all of it plays in how all of it affects quality um, and, and to test your silage 
you know, make sure that you know what you have run, you know, spend, sometimes you'd have to spend a little extra money to get a little more testing done to make sure that you are feeding the most efficient ration that you can. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Scott, as we've, as we've talked through, you know, basically what we've talked about is, is we're really excited to have you and the master's choice team as part of the, as a part of the Rob Seco family, but really what sets you and your team apart from the rest of Rob Seco and the industry as a whole is, is really the focus on the animal. You know, it's, it's about providing a high quality product, whether it's for silage, for grain, whatever it might be, but to maximize the amount of energy produced per acre. And oftentimes that comes through a completely different selection process where we want digestible grain whether with high starch, high digestibility, low lignin in the plant itself, and uh, then to be able to manage that appropriately to help our, the customers of Master's Choice maximize energy per acre. That comes with recommendations to plants at lower populations after selecting the right product. Then to make sure you maintain that plant throughout the season, but chop it or harvest it at the right time in order to maximize your nutritional benefits of the, the product itself. So harvesting 65 67% moisture, packing it properly, and then knowing what you have to feed to the animal. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I think you summed it up pretty well. It's like you've done this a couple of times, but <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you nailed it. It's, you know, at the end of the day, corn isn't just corn, period. Not all corn, not all corn should be created equal because they're not equal. They all have different, different strings and things about them. I mean, that's why we have, you know, you look at, if you, let's just take out the animal side and look at the grain side. We all know that there are grain hybrids that have other strengths that certain grain hybrids don't. That doesn't mean one is necessarily better or worse, but we know that certain grain types are better off in certain soils and certain soil types in certain areas of the country and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So that tells us that this is a living organism. And so it has the, you know, we, we just have to learn to identify the characteristics that make that particular hybrid special. And we just happen at Master's Choice, we just happen to be looking for something a little different than than really any of the rest of the industry is looking for. Absolutely. And that's what makes life a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love I love it every day. Perfect. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Jim. Hopefully do it again sometime. Absolutely. Well, as always, be sure to tune in on the 1st and 15th of every month for new episodes. And until then, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Huda Media Production.